Welcome everybody to our July webinar and podcast episode. Um, just a quick housekeeping reminder, um, if you would like to ask a question, if you're joining us live today, you will have the opportunity to ask a question at any time. Just use the Q&A function on your Zoom control panel and that will be answered at the end of the session. If you're viewing the recording or listening to the podcast later and would like to ask a question, feel free to contact us directly at smithink.com. I'll now hand over to Mark Holton, SmithInc Director, to present his session on the benefits of doing charity work based on his personal experience. Over to you, Mark. Well, thanks, Andrea, and uh, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to our SmithInc webinar for, what month is it? July. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's been an interesting period, has it not? Um, speaking of interesting, I want to go down a different pathway this month. I mean, we're doing a lot of stuff on business advisory, a lot of stuff on COVID. But I want to do something that's pretty near and dear to my heart, and that's the benefit of my work with charities and not-for-profits over the years. And to challenge you guys online today, if you're ever approached to uh, help a not-for-profit, a charity and the like, or whatever it might be, that you might also consider putting your hands up. I'm in the position, let me just get this moving down, Okay, my experience with not-for-profits or sitting on boards really has gone over the last 25 years with Ronald McDonald House at Westmead or as it's now known, Greater Western Sydney uh, because that house now encompasses the Greater West and provides services to that and numerous other areas. I'm also the founding chairman and director of finance at the Central Coast Academy of Sport which was a formative academy put together some 16 years ago. Recently, I've been appointed to the board of Ronald McDonald House Charities Australia, which is the overarching charity that controls all the Ronald McDonald Houses around the country. And I'm finding that a very different strategic challenge than, than being part of one house instead of looking after the total operation per se. And also, I currently sit on Bendigo Bank East Gosford, and I've done that for the last two years. So at the moment, I have four board roles that I occupy. Uh, sure, they take time, some more than others, some a fair bit of time in the early days and not so much these days, but that's the way it all works out. I have been on other boards over the years, the Central Coast Community College, also the Gold Coast Academy of Sport, which is the foundation of that academy up on the Gold Coast and the Men of League, and, and also sat on the board of... Um, other uh, boards that aren't in the not-for-profit and the uh, charitable sector, so in the public sector, per se. I found all of them interesting, all of them challenging. Um, all of them have provided some sort of opportunity to liaise with very, very like-minded people, some opportunities to expand my practice in different areas as well. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about two of the ones that I've really been involved with the most, and that's the first two on that list. The first one is Ronald McDonald House Charities Greater Western Sydney. The charity itself, I got involved actually through the requirement to set up MYOB at the house at Westmead. That's the old house, the 18-room facility, which is a lovely place, a big open living area, uh, nine rooms feeding off each wing, east and west. Uh, magnificent uh, communal kitchen facilities, eating facilities and lounge facilities and also a fantastic um, play gym for the kids and soft floor and uh, let me tell you, those soft floors cost a lot of money 
as well as the sales. I got involved initially because uh, MyOB and their wisdom and their great generosity offered a copy of MyOB to every Ronald McDonald house some 26 years ago. Um, the house there, even though it had a copy of MyOB, were utilising the hospital's accounting system and paying quite a substantial monthly fee to do so. I, I got asked by a gentleman who was the first treasurer of the brand new Ronald McDonald House Westmead, which had moved from its original post in Camperdown in Sydney out to Westmead to come and help him set up NYOB so the board could understand financial information because as it was being presented at that time, it was a two-inch thick ledger run off an Oracle system. So we set it up. We also then took control back from the hospital, which was an interesting challenge as well over that period of time. Uh, that gentleman then was appointed the CEO of Ronald McDonald House Charities Australia and asked me to stand on the board. So I've been asked many times how did I get involved. I, I always believe I was in the right spot at the right time. I really was. You know, why do families stay with us? You know, they stay with us because generally their child is suffering from a critical illness. Ronald McDonald House Charities, or the houses itself, used to specialise or take preference to oncology. But now the houses are getting bigger and facilities are getting larger. We're now taking you know, children and their families and their siblings of sick children who need accommodation at one of the most critically demanding times of their life. Okay, the studies with Ronald McDonald House have confirmed over the years that the home away from home, the living with your, your mum, your dad, your brother, your sister, even though you might be based in the hospital or going to and from the hospital, has been a major benefit in psychological well-being and also has assisted with child recovery. You know, I look at the house as a home away from home for families of sick children somewhere to stay. It's not home, but it's probably the closest thing you'll ever get to a home. It's not a hotel. It might look like one, but it's not a hotel. It's just got that really homely, nice, caring feeling. And that's what attracted me to the charity. So here is the new Ronald McDonald House, Greater Western Sydney, or Westmead, where it's located. It is directly behind the old house. It is a 60-room facility and it cost roughly $44 million to fundraise and build. Let me tell you, that was an interesting challenge, looking at that. How do we get money from government, state, federal? Uh, Channel 7 very kindly did a telethon for us to help raise funds for this house. But a large amount of the dollars were raised through fundraising, through the generosity of people, the generosity of corporates, you know, the generosity of builders who put in so much effort and so much work to provide us with this fantastic facility that now can look after 60 families per night, 365 days a year. And that's a magnificent outreach. Now, look at that pretty darn proud of what's been achieved, not only by the board, but also every single person that had involvement in this. So our new house... Just to give you a few ideas, and I'll, I'll send this out in the PowerPoint slides. We've got 15 self-contained two-bedroom apartments, a health and fitness centre, 
250 people can sit in the dining area. That is massive. We support 1360 families each year. We have a learning program center that was donated, the funds donated by one family to do that. Commercial facilities for family, a full reception there. So when they come in, they get looked after, you know, and, and other facilities there you can see on screen that provide, you know, provides an opportunity. And, and the thing that staggers me after so much time there is 90 parking spaces. But the old house, you struggle to park. We're up on the up on the grass and getting in trouble with the hospital security. Even just to go to a board meeting was a nightmare. So we have the ability there to be able to not only have the 60 rooms, but to the right of that photo, also put in another 40 rooms as stage two in the future. Many people and many accounting firms over the years have been very kind in generating their time. You know, they've, they've created opportunities and they've come and participated in some of our big ones. This is the big one. We run a program called Meals from the Heart. It started with an organisation called the Cobra Car Club at Parramatta who said, we'll come down to the old house and cook a barbecue and sing a few songs for the, the parents and the children that are there. And they did a wonderful job. That then spread to every Tuesday, 52 days booked. Then it went to third Friday, then it went to Thursday. So we now have a large number of corporates, accounting firms, legal firms, uh, sections of the McDonald's head office and other community-type organisations coming along, cooking a meal, meeting the families, maybe providing a little bit of entertainment. The difference strategically in the model is when we had 18 rooms, then people brought their own food in and cooked it. We can't do that with 60 rooms without H&S issues. So now we have commercial chefs who buy in the food and then the, the supporting organisation pays a very reasonable fee to put that on for the night and obviously we do a fair bit of publicity and promotion of the kindness of that accounting firm or that uh, legal firm, architects, whatever the case may be. All started as let's just cook a meal for someone. It's amazing where some of these things start. We do a couple of events every year, and boy, that's been a challenge with COVID. In fact, the COVID period is I've spent probably more time uh, strategically planning the future, doing budgets, doing cash flows, looking at our best, worst, most probable scenario. And in my mind, doing business advisory services, which you all know is what I do, but we've been doing it for nothing and doing it for a charity even more so than any client matter. So our golf data we've run for the best part of 25 years had to be cancelled this year. Couldn't do it. Our race day is still penned at Rose Hill for the 7th of November this year. Normally it's done in September in the spring carnival, but that's just not possible. So we're hoping to be able to do that because that's a major fundraise opportunity for us and also a major engagement for us when we can promote stuff like this we call it pick up the tab this one started and i'll be very honest with you the management team of the ronald mcdonald house at westmead as it was then the old house come up and did a three-day event called the global business camp with john Toulos. smith inc are involved with that david and i both present at it it's a three-day opportunity for accountants to bring along, 
their clients and get them interested in advisory, start working on their business. Anyway, we come up as a charity. I was the board member. We had the CEO, the fundraising manager, the house manager, etc. And one of the part of the day was, let's think of a brand new initiative. And we did. Someone said, well, why don't we run a thing called, you didn't even have the name, pick up the tab at that time, but why don't we run a fundraiser where a family can donate one night to stay with us or 10 nights or 20 nights or 100 nights or a year? And that's where pick up the tab started as one idea in one person's head at that global business camp. It was such a valuable time. The next phase of what we did there was then to look at how do we sell that. So I jumped up and said, look, we've got this fantastic facility. This is what we do. Many people thought McDonald's funded totally. That is wrong. They do not. And I explained the funding model. I then said, look, we've got this idea called Pick Up the Tab. It costs us about 150 bucks per night per room to keep it running because the government funding model is roughly, for some guests, only about 40 bucks. It was 33 back then. And lo and behold, I said, we can do 10 nights for 1,000 for anyone that's interested. We had eight people put in 8,000, and that's where this thing started. So that's now part of our race day, our golf day. You can come up, pick a day of the year that might be important to you, and you sponsor one night's accommodation for one family at Ronald McDonald House, Greater Western Sydney. I bring that up as a good example because I've been up at that camp for years working with clients, presenting at it. But that was the most valuable thing to come out of that for that particular organisation. They had three days to think about how they do business. Okay. The impact of giving. Well, I haven't got time today, but when I send this out, I'll send out that link. That link is to a one and a half minute little promotion on Ronald McDonald House Charities, showing you what it's all about. I encourage everyone online to invest 90 seconds and have a bit of a look at the benefit of this. I mean, look at those children. That's why we do it, isn't it? Oh, sure, I do it to look after the finances, but it's for the sick kids. That's the impact of giving. I've also been very uh, lucky, I suppose, to be invited to go on the board of Ronald McDonald House Charities Australia. And that's the mission, to support the ever-changing needs of seriously ill children and their families. That board, okay, oversees all the Ronald McDonald Houses. There's about 18. The learning program, which is, which is tutors coming in to help children in hospitals obviously severely affected by COVID. Family rooms, which are located in hospitals, there's about 18 of those. And family retreats, which are located around the country where people can spend uh, a week away just to get a bit of rest and relaxation in Foster or wherever it might be. So it's a much bigger thing than just the houses. I sit on the board of the national charity, and that's a part of the annual report, with people like Emma, who is the legal counsel for McDonald's. People like Stephen, who's the ex um, or board chair of that for nine and a half years, but also the ex deputy managing director of McDonald's and was CEO of, as you can see there, O'Brien's Glass in the past. These are great people, well-connected people that I could pick up a phone and give them a call and ask them a question without a problem. Not that I overdo that, but it's there. The second organisation that's had an impact on me over the years 
is this one. It's the Central Coast New South Wales Academy of Sport. This one started when a good friend of mine, and his name is Ian Rebilliard, uh, Ian or Moose is his name, played 300-odd games for the Sydney Kings and the Newcastle Falcons for any basketball people out there. And then when he left basketball, he went and worked as the 2IC of the Professional Golfers of Australia. Anyway, about 16 and a half, maybe 17 years ago, he phoned me up and said, uh, can we have a drink at my place? I want to talk to you about an opportunity. And the opportunity was to form the Academy of Sport on the Central Coast. So talented athletes of the Central Coast could receive elite-level coaching and development. And it's not just in sport, it's in behaviour, it's in attitude, it's in psychology, without having to leave the Central Coast. Parents have given him feedback that all they're doing is jumping in the car, driving to Sydney, driving to Newcastle, and 90% of their life is absorbed sitting in cars. So we wanted to create something that had a local presence and was valuable for that purpose. I was very fortunate. I look a lot younger there. The hair's a lot grey, a lot not so grey. That's after a $44 million fundraise that went grey. And I've been very fortunate to be the founding director of that for the last 15 going on 16 years. And what I've seen is over 3,500 children come through the Central Coast Academy of Sport programs. We run that in a variety of different sports, but only started with five sports. We started with swimming, athletics, basketball, um, rugby union, and one that I can't remember now, but I will remember later. We moved on to other sports. Uh, such as AFL, such as, you know, water polo, lawn bowls, boxing and things like so. Again, I'm on the board with very professional people that, are, again, I've become friends over the years. People like Mike Rubit, anybody might know Mike, he was the sports telecaster on NBN television for years and years and years. And Laurie McKinnon, the ex-mayor of Gosford and the ex-CEO and coach of the Central Coast Mariners, now the CEO of Newcastle Jets. So these people are great people. They're, they're common-minded to the mission of the organisation they're working with and they really do believe and passionately support this organisation. We've had some fantastic young athletes. That young fellow is Josh Inglis, a good mate of my son, who even though we didn't have a boxing program because it's not a mainstream sport, we have this thing called Talented Athletes Programme where one or two kids we can organise elite-level coaching and development for them and support to get to events and things like so in sports that are not mainstream, like boxing, like water polo, and even speed skating. Okay, we've had that through before in lawn bowls. So it's an opportunity there to help everyone. Joss went on to the Commonwealth Games. He missed the Olympics by a fraction. Very talented chartered accountant, by the way, who has spent his time in the industry and he's now a firefighter, so had a bit of a change of pace, but a young accountant, a great young fellow. Okay, our model at the Academy of Sport is identification of talent, grassroots participation, local representation. The local sporting bodies rep rep uh, represent to us young athletes that are showing elite-level skills and abilities. We provide a variety of coaching programs to help those guys potentially feed into the New South Wales Institute of Sport and then into the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra. There are other academies around the state of New South Wales. We are one of 11. I personally think we're the best one there. 
okay? It's not all about on-field stuff. A big part about what we do is helping athletes reach their potential. And that's in behaviour management. That's in treating others with respect. That's about being a strong corporate citizen. It's all part of the key drivers of what the academy is all about. And since day one, we've been very fortunate to have support of suppliers. Many of those suppliers I've had the privilege of meeting. Uh, I use quite a few of them. Some of them have become clients of mine over the years. Um, Callaway Golf has been a fantastic supporter of our golf program. There's the fifth sport I forgot about, Andrea. Golf, that was number one, certainly with Ian coming from the PGA. And we, we manage, as difficult as it is in the current market, to hold on to sponsors. We hold on to them. We get great support from Central Coast Council. We get fantastic support from Greater Bank and also the Crown Plaza at Terrigal, who for a long time has been part of Surf Life Saving Programs. So it's become a really strong community-focused organisation. Okay. And I suppose, in essence, why I got involved with that one, I can tell you why. A friend asked me, a really good friend, that fellow called Ian Rebilliard, who had a vision, had a passion, to provide high-level coaching and development to athletes of the Central Coast so they could get it here without having to travel, take the pressure off their parents, but also because he had, a, he had a vision in sport. He was born and bred in sport, and he's able to, managed to articulate that to the sport of business as well. Fantastic. And recently got an OAM as well for his services to basketball and the development of elite youth in sport. So all these sort of things, you know, what do they have to do with accounting? Well, I'll be honest with you. They don't. I didn't get involved with Ronald McDonald House. I didn't get involved with the Academy of Sport or anything else, okay, because I thought it was a great opportunity to generate more clients. Sure, I had picked up some new clients, but it wasn't my motive. My motive was to provide something back, to give something, to help others. And that becomes a really rewarding part, I think, of your existence as an accountant and a member of society. So we're coming towards the end of this. That's just a little bit of a look at what I've been involved in. You know, I ask you this question. What impact will you make in the future? I did this presentation at our Young Guns event and I had people coming up to me after it, young dynamic accountants that are the future of our industry saying, how did you get involved with Ronald McDonald House? How can I help? How can I volunteer? Many of those have gone on to help and volunteer. We, we survived through volunteers, both of those organisations. You know, some of them have gone back and actually got their firm involved in Meals from the Heart. Others have gone back and got their organisations more involved with the Academy of Sport Network as such too. So I challenge you. Do you do it? And I know there's a couple of questions coming in about marketing. Look, it doesn't hurt. Um, meeting like-minded people, meeting well-connected people certainly doesn't hurt your business and its ability to grow. It's not why I got involved. But I think when you start to get involved with some of these, whatever the motive might be, you've got to believe in the mission of what the organisation's there to achieve. And that's just a little bit, guys, of something a bit different this month. Instead of COVID and in the midst of a really tough COVID world, and I'll be honest with you, 
you know, the impact on fundraising at Robert McDonald House, we are going to take a huge bath, which is my colloquial term for a, a loss on fundraising. Not being able to run programs with the academy is a struggle. But then again, every business is struggling. I've spent more times over the last three months working with the not-for-profits. Haven't made any money out of it, but then that's not the motive. Helping them plan for the future makes me a better accountant so I can then go and do that more often with my clientele. That's the marketing benefit of getting involved to help other people. And Andrea, on that note, with two minutes to go, I'd like to throw open to any questions that anybody has. Great, thank you, Mark. Um, just to remind everybody, if you would like to ask any questions now, please um, just type them into your Q&A uh, control panel and I'll read those out for you. Um, great presentation, thank you, Mark. It's always great to hear about um, your involvement with these guys and how it can relate to um, the accounting industry as well. Thank you. Very quiet at the moment. Um, now I do, Mark, did you see that question I shared with you earlier? Actually, I didn't um, print it out. Um, might not be relevant while we're waiting for other questions, but if yeah, you just, that, um, I just got my screen shared, Andrew, so I can't get to it. Let me see if I can bring that up. Are we waiting? If anybody would like to ask questions, of course you can um, contact us at smithink.com at any time, and I'm sure Mark will be very happy to help you. Absolutely. Just give it a couple more minutes. Have you got those questions, Andrew? Just seeing if I can bring them up. Let me, let me stop the share. I've got it here actually. So the question that came in from the registrations today, and I think you've already touched on the marketing effort, so we can leave that one. Um, what, are the, what are the insurance and professional body implications of volunteer work as a professional? You know, I saw that question. It really made me think. Um, I'll be honest with you, I haven't worried about it. Um, there's nothing that I would do at either of those two institutions from a treasurer's point of view that I wouldn't do with my clients anyway under the professional services I've always provided. Um, we would need to check with your insurers, of course, but let's be honest, the, the, the Institute and CPAs and IPA all have support services for members who are um, working with or assisting or helping develop not-for-profit organisations. Uh, I wouldn't see that as being too much of an issue. But I, I would, I would um, throw a, a caveat in there to make sure that you are covered with your insurances and so forth. Uh, you are a director of an organisation. Uh, a lot of uh, not-for-profits are companies limited by guarantee under the auspices of ASIC. So there is a responsibility to write of directors there. Um, I, would, I would challenge everyone, if they haven't done it and they're interested in becoming a director of these organisations, to look at the AICD, the Australian Institute of Company Directors, and do some of their training. I think that's a really beneficial opportunity there as well, Andrew. Great. Thanks, Marks. We don't have any other questions, so I just wanted to say thank you, everybody, for attending today. Thank you, Mark, um, for sharing that. And it was really actually very refreshing to have something a little bit different to COVID-related. <laughs> Thanks, Andrea. Thanks, everybody else. Thanks, everybody. Bye.